0: companies, and etc. that may bear resemblance to entities living or dead is strictly coincidental. My name is Michael Diamond, and for tonight's game, I will be your keeper. Thank you for joining us again on another episode of the Old Ways Podcast. I'm your keeper, Keeper Michael, and we return to Horror on the Orient Express, where we are traveling around the countryside near Trieste. Not in the city any longer, because we've, uh, with our investigators, moved just slightly outside to our best friend, Anton's house. Uh, And so at the top of the show, as we always like to do, we would like to thank our listening audience and our Patreon supporters. If you would like to join them, you can do so at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast, where we can happily support the wonderful players and the show as you continue to listen and enjoy. And so we're going to start
1: with introductions, which will begin to my right. Hello, I'm Mike, and I'm playing James Robert Fraser and getting ready to go to some underground caves. No, not those underground caves, some other underground caves. That is correct.
0: One's just slightly, slightly further along. Uh, and to, to his right.
2: Hi, this is Rena. I play Lady Elizabeth Fitzroy, and I have a shiny.
0: Indeed you do. You have somehow found a very particular and important medallion. It has become very precious to you, and um, I'm certain that you'll defend it with your life. At the end of the table. Hi, this is Giles, and I'm playing Simon Griffith,
3: and I can tell you for sure that Simon's not going back into any caves without Mr. Thompson.
0: You know, I think that's a fair, fair choice that you'd be making, although I will be interested to know how you'll get Mr. Thompson along with you for that cave exploration you're going to do. I'm sure you'll have a fantastic answer soon enough. Uh, to Mr. Griffiths, right?
4: Hi, this is Miranda, and I play Maggie Bellinger, and my only hope is that I exit these caves with the same number of holes as when I went into them.
0: I think that's a reasonable hope and dream. We'll see if we can fill you with any other holes. Uh, Last and most certainly not least.
5: I'm Martin, and I'm playing Richard Courtney. And uh, the only holes Richard is avoiding are the ones in his trousers.
0: You know, I would just say to you, Professor, don't bet on it. Mm. So we raised the curtain tonight uh, just outside the city of Trieste, where their friend and farmer, potentially, Anton, has uh, left them an open and usable home for them to shelter in after uh, picking up a medallion in town and sneaking their way back. And they've compiled some of the list, uh, some of the informational clues that they've gathered along the way here, and they have placed one potential site that still needs to be investigated. And that would be the Grata di Postumia, which is outside the city itself. And so we will begin play in Anton's house. Now, this would be roughly speaking, about um, mid-afternoon when our characters appear back. And so you've collected the amulet. Lady Elizabeth seems to be seemingly somewhat attached to it, although that's probably more physical than it is um, from any noticeable perception. But I guess I would ask to you, the players... What preparations are you making? What, any other clues or discussions you're having?
4: Do we know if this is a similarly touristy cave as the one we were previously in?
0: From what you know of it, at this point, you would assume given that it's a grotto and given that it's an extensive cave system, stuff that is talked about in-city as being one of the draws to Trieste, you would imagine it's a tourist destination. They probably, much like the caves not far from here, have... Guides have an entire setup that will take people through. This is what brings tourist money into this area. The the thing to keep in mind, especially about Trieste, is beyond beyond being a shipping port, the local economy very greatly requires the subsistence from tourists. And the war broke up a lot of that. But now that the war has been over for several years, they're really rebuilding what they have here. And that would definitely be with some of the money that they would gain from tours of these caves.
1: Just out of character, I've got a note from last session which says, Maggie goes upstairs and, unless I can't read my own writing, which is quite possible, finds book relating to preparations for caves. Does that make any sense to anyone? Ring any bells? This is at at the house where we found the medallion.
4: I don't know. Uh, was it a book or a journal
1: of
0: he, some so, sort? So you found a journal,
4: mm-hmm.
0: one that had spoken um, and seemed to be written by Wrinkleman himself that sort of divulged that this was a place he had used to pick up and, and keep his sort of secret lifestyle going.
4: Mm-hmm. Which is what has led us to determine that we have to go back into a cave. I guess the question is then, do we want to travel out there soon and perhaps be forced to spend the night in the caves or do we go in the morning and get out before uh, the caves close?
1: I suppose um, the question that goes along with that is uh, do we want to travel with uh, other tourists through the caves or do we want to try and get around them a little more discreetly
2: I would say it's probably better to, to go in without being noticed by a whole lot of other people considering the circumstances we're currently in staring at Mr. Fraser Aye. also the sooner we get things taken care of and uh, get out of Trieste the better
4: now, uh, the journal that I have in the description of the caves, is there a description at all or drawing of uh, perhaps a back door the caves could go into? They are extensive, I would assume. There are a number of entrances, and Maggie's always fond of a back door trip.
0: I mean, you would have to obtain a map of the cave system or some sort of geographical mm. uh, representation therein. Simon obviously would have some sort of experience, and he could speak to the cave systems in general, um, but he would need much more detailed maps to be able to make some sort of, we'll just say best, best educated guess as to what the, uh, the cave systems would, would have in it. The other thing too, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I think you do, you have a map of the city of Trieste. I know you do. But what I know you do not have is a map that that details the more large geographically large area. All you know about this new cave system, these caverns um, uh, of of posthumia, is that they're not directly here, which means you're going to have to find out where you have to go to get to them.
1: Now, if I'm reading this right on Winkleman's diary from whenever it was, a few years before he died. Uh, he speaks of caverns at Adelsberg. And I'm kind of guessing that maybe this is the same place. I wonder, is uh, Anton have a a map of the general area somewhere here? Hmm, that's an interesting question.
0: So how about we make a group luck roll? Goodness gracious! me, who's going to roll that?
4: Oh no! I think it's I think someone's lower than me. I think Giles is.
0: So Simon, um, how much luck do you have? I am at a whopping fifteen. Ooh, wonderful! So before you roll, just make sure we have all of our all of our items to bear potentially for something like this.
3: If this is where you're going to play three negative hands of fate on me.
0: <laughs> um, so the the keeper is generally. Suggested to only Keeper or storyteller. Excuse me, Keeper or storyteller is recommended to only play one hand of fate against one person at a time. To do to play multiple hands of fate against the same person in the same round would be sorely unfair. You might as well just kill them. So give me a luck roll, and we'll see if if you can find anything. That is a three. Oh, so it is. Fair enough. All right. So you've rolled a three. Um, you root around a little bit. You all do, I would imagine. Uh, once the the idea gets in your head that hey, we 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 know that we're supposed to go to these caves, or we should probably look at them. We don't know what the hell they are. Let's root around here and see if this Russian guy has anything we can use. <laughs> so you effectively toss his house for the, the for the, the better part of probably an hour, Simon, and anybody else that gets into it, and you find a map. Of the area, and it has some very strange markings on it. It's a strange map, only because it has marks on it that you don't recognize. They're written in a different language. The map is also in Russian.
1: Oh, splendid. What are these uh, markings here? Is this, this Russian script? Mm. Cyrillic, is that what you call it? Does it look like um, the same kind of. It, it does. You've you've encountered some Cyrillic before. Well, we know that um, Anton had a Russian officer's uniform, so mm-hmm. it's not too much of a stretch to assume that he's Russian. It's not right. Well, let's see if we can figure this out, shall we? Um, here's the sea. Here's the land. The this. Do you think this is Trieste? Do you, uh, I'm not sure how much this uh, helps us, really. It does,
0: it does seem to give you some rough geographic distance. So if you have natural world or track, I would allow a roll. Whichever is higher is perfectly fine. I would love to roll for that if it's okay. And this roll would be to determine the rough distance between Trieste and the caves, which you can see on the map because they are a geographic note here.
3: All right. Simon has a track of 30. But he has a natural world of 50 that he has not had a chance to use.
0: Man, natural world's perfectly fine by me. And
3: that's a 42 under 50.
5: All right. Anyone else? Richard rolled 71 over 44. I, mean, I have a 28 in
1: natural world, but I can give it a go. That's a 23. Oh.
0: So the two of you come to the same rough conclusion... Uh, And that is that it's probably a good day's walk from the house, give or take. Maybe more. And I'm not talking about just a simple walk. I'm talking about a a walk over some fairly, what seems to be some fairly difficult terrain. There does seem to be a train route that goes nearby. And so you might be able to find a train out of Trieste that goes to that area.
1: Well, if I'm reading this right, uh, uh, Simon, this uh, the caves are, a, what would you say, around 20 miles or so from Trieste? That's a fair
3: hike. It is, but it's nothing that you and I haven't done before. Well, this is true, but... Uh, it might be hard on Lady E or the Professor, of
1: course. Yes, indeed. Miss Maggie will be fine. And uh, you, how, how are you feeling, uh... Uh, You look uh, like you're definitely recovering quite rapidly. Good to see. I am,
3: but I I have a feeling I'll have this limp for quite a while.
1: Well, yes, and that's going to slow you down as well. I -hmm. wonder if we we should perhaps find uh, some other mode of transport. Uh, Perhaps, uh, I don't know. I wonder if there's someone around here we can hire a a car or a horse and cart
5: or something. Yes, I was thinking a uh, uh, horse and carriage would be appropriate, wouldn't it? I mean, problem with trains is they're all a little bit um, stuck. I mean, it, if we could take the back roads, I think we'd be safer.
1: Yes, I'm not particularly keen on the notion of going into Trieste and uh, waiting away for a train on the station platform. Uh,
5: I think
3: a wagon or something might be good. I mean, we want to keep a low profile, correct?
0: So just by the rough estimate for both um simon and and mr fraser it seems to be about it's about 40 kilometers to get
1: there it's 20 miles yeah i've looked on the map so yeah, yeah. It's in, in, in real life so. yes me too
0: <laughs> <laughs> how far is this
1: hmm. but not but obviously um fraser and um richard and her leadership wouldn't think in kilometers right
0: um so that would also tell you too that it's likely not a venture you're going to make this evening i would imagine or this afternoon. Unless you really want to be out of Trieste, in which case I won't stop you.
1: Well, here's a thought. Um, would it be worth this afternoon investigating to see if we can find some way of getting there uh, and then head off first, first light tomorrow morning?
3: I think that's a pretty smart idea. I wonder who, who should do it. You should not go
1: into town. Well, no, I wasn't thinking of going into town. I was, I was thinking of seeing if there was another farm or a settlement uh, or you know a house or something out here and uh, on the outskirts you can always track down that Italian
0: gal driver that dropped you off at the cave he owes you one
1: I think he he was in Trieste though wasn't he I got hunting him down <laughs> so um just in terms of getting from Trieste to here did we see any houses or any um any farms or anything like that? There are um, some. There are
0: some farms that you saw on the way south, and probably from the Anton's back door, you can probably see other houses. And likely in the distance, it might be a place you could inquire about um, a horse and carriage, or if nothing else, a wagon with a, a horse you could strap to it and and uh,
1: be about your business. I mean, I would imagine that rural italy would probably have a, a horse and cart for uh, for just kind of general um farm work oh yeah well i'm i'm more than happy to go but uh, i don't have any italian so it, it would seem
5: foolish to just go by myself quite um, i don't suppose anton has something like that here do you think he's a farmer don't recall
1: seeing a horse here, here but... Um...
5: No, no, I, I mean, I wonder if... Uh, it seems the sort of thing that would be useful on a farm. I, I, I wonder if he may, um, I don't know, leave it with um, the neighbouring farm for safekeeping whilst he's away. How uh, would make sense.
0: You've not had a chance to check the entire bounds yet. Richard, you especially would remember from your late night run out of the house that there is a barn on the property here. It's not been checked, but you've never seen... You have not seen uh, a horse here, that's for sure.
5: Yes, uh, well, maybe we should check the barn if uh, he may have left a horse there and uh, perhaps somebody comes to feed it on occasion. Maybe even gives it a quick ride. Splendid idea. Excellent. Well, why don't you go and do that and I'll put the kettle on. Um, right, okay. Good
1: chap. Pat him on the shoulder firmly.
4: you will offer to go with Richard, even though she realizes that if Anton left, he... Probably would have taken his horse with him on whatever journey he went on. Uh, She will still humor Richard by going along with him to look in a barn.
0: Okay. The two of you head out from Anton's house and take the walk. It's probably a good, probably three or four minute walk just to get to the barn. Uh, There's a lot of farmland here. Neither one of you are farmers, of course, so you can't really make a a great, um, we'll say, uh, educated guess. About what's being done to the land here, you don't see anything. Uh, you don't see any seed that has been sown yet in this land, um, so you're not terribly sure, really, what what's
5: being done. Richard will point out all the points along the way that he was running that night. He will sort of point out the hedge that he fell into, and here's where I messed yeah.
0: my pants up.
5: Yeah. yeah, that's it. That one with the thorns. You've got to you got to watch that one. That's that's particularly bad.
0: Okay. Here's the you you approach a uh rather run down and rickety barn. It's uh the paint here has dimmed a little bit on the door, so it's sort of this faded red. The rest of the barn is unpainted, but uh the door seems to roll from left to right. There is a there are a few hay bales that are out here, but they seem to be a bit broken down or in disrepair. Well, um, I suppose we should look inside. You see a cat come out from one of the window sills, leap down to the ground, and then scurry off. It's a tabby. Nice coloring. What a lovely cat. So, Professor, you're going to open the door? Yes. You swing open the, the barn door. You have to roll it on its bracket here, but uh, as you do, a couple of birds fly out of it. And you see here A large space. It's mostly open on both sides, running down. It's a little dim from the available late afternoon light that you have, but you can still see in the barn. And you see that there's a great big sort of half wall of hay that's been built up here in the barn. must be four or five feet high. It's a little strange. It's not settled into the places that it should be.
5: Ah. Do you think that looks a little unusual? I'm back on my parents' farm. I... That just looks a little out of place.
4: Do you think Anton's hiding something out here?
5: (laughs) That old devil, it wouldn't surprise me. Should we take a look?
4: Maggie gets this gleeful grin on her face.
5: All right.
0: So um, if you're going to search the barn, Mm -hmm. I guess there's two things that I'd like. Mm
1: -hmm. One,
0: I'd like to know how you're searching. And then two, at the end of your explanation as to how, you can give me, we'll say, a hard spot hidden roll.
4: Probably look look around all the corners, rifle rifle through some hay, move move some out of the way, try to get get behind anything that looks like it might be hiding something. Is there a, is there a loft area?
0: There is a loft area as well.
4: Maggie'd pop up there. Okay.
0: And uh, go ahead and give me a roll, Miss Bellinger. Yeah.
4: This is spot hidden, right?
0: It is indeed spot hidden.
4: Ooh, that is a 73 over 48.
0: Mm, all right it's dark in here would you care to push the roll
4: you know i think i will because i'm very curious and anton seems like the kind of gentleman with a lot of uh juicy secrets mm. and uh it being pointed out that things looked odd here i, I do want to see a little extra if he has uh uh, if he has hidden anything and so i might even push myself to look behind or climb up on or lift things that would normally be um too heavy for me or something that is just out of reach or getting up on that extra rickety looking <laughs> climbing course. apparatus
0: very well uh, i will remind you of course as your keeper that uh, failed push rolls are usually bad for the investigator
4: i'm fully aware i accept the risk good uh, and it's a three under
0: 48. My. Mm. So, um, Richard, you watch Miss Bellinger, Mags, as we call her locally, uh, head up to the loft. And it's a pretty tall ladder. Um, it, it must be three meters. She goes up fairly high. And without even the, the thought of a support for anyone holding the ladder or anything like that. And you watch this ladder dance on the floor as she goes up. And um, it it's quite terrifying, actually, for you, because you don't want to see her fall.
5: Well, at quite some speed, Richard will sort of scoot over to the base of the ladder and he'll try and foot it so going can hold onto the ladder and put his feet on the bottom just to make sure it doesn't move or to try and minimize the movement anyway. Good man.
0: Um, you do so and uh, you feel the steadiness, Maggie, of someone holding the ladder, which... Of course, Richard should have been doing it at, at the beginning, but he's here finally. That's good. Um, and you get up to the loft, and when you get up to the loft, you are greeted by an animal.
4: Greeted in a nice way, or...?
0: Well, I mean, one could say so. Uh, so, uh, at the top of the loft, there is a little nesting area that's been made. It's no bigger than, say half a meter across and there's a hole there in the middle of this and inside this little hole this little space let's topple off. there are six tabby kittens sitting in the middle and they look at you with these enormous sort of blue eyes that stare out at you and they mew and it's just also very wonderful for a moment
4: just for a moment
0: Oh, yeah, just for a moment because your um, vantage gives you an amazing view over something that you wouldn't normally have seen had you not been up here. And so when you look back to of course say something to Richard that there are these beautiful kittens, you notice that the a large portion of the barn, the lower section here that, that you walked over on, those boards are irregularly cut. So the floor itself of the barn isn't cut right, you don't see the the bores line up at the same space, they're irregular, as if the barn was repaired, perhaps in the past, Richard, there's some adorable kittens up here,
5: ah, lovely, oh, uh, what breed are they? Uh, they're cats, a cat, yes, lovely, lovely, <laughs>
4: <laughs> Maggie doesn't know much of cats. <laughs>
5: Richard decides not to press it.
4: <laughs> um, but uh, Richard, I do see that it, w- it would appear at some point something's been re- repaired right, o- right over there. The the boards are different.
5: Oh, uh, oh, oh. And Richard looks at his feet. Ah, yes, I, I see. That's um, most unusual. Ah, well, come on Diane. then. We should
0: investigate this. Maggie, something fuzzy nuzzles your arm, like right at your hand. Oh,
4: and Maggie goes... It mews. Makes little purring noises.
0: And then the next one comes out and you see a couple of them try to sort of on stubby legs, make their way to you. All of them mewing, mew, desperate for attention and probably.
4: Yes, your your mother will be back for you soon. Uh, I just just popped out. Uh, Okay, go back to your nest. I'm like trying to usher kittens back into the nest. Okay, Uh, before I before I hurry down.
0: I will just say that as um, even though they're kittens, they are cats, and therefore they don't pay any attention to you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they do whatever they want, which Mm -hmm. is to come see this new this new person. But they're they're not going to venture down as far as you know. They're not going to venture down the ladder. Yeah, as far as you know. And so if you begin to make your way down the ladder, Richard, are you still steadying her as she's coming
5: down? Yes, Richard will be steadying the ladder. All
0: right. So, Miss do you get down without incident and um, you can hear the cat mewing from up top.
4: Yes, yes, little kitten. Your your parent will be back soon. What do you think, Richard? Should we pry up these floorboards?
5: <laughs> oh, I, I think we should. <laughs> Aren't you curious?
4: Well, we've already wrecked the man's house. We might as well wreck his shed as well. Um.
5: Well, I. I wouldn't say we've um, demolished the house. We've. Uh, I don't know. It just looks a little more lived in than it did before.
4: Maggie's thinking back to a voice in her head saying, "You toss the house," and then also some other voices in her head talking about taking the uh, taking everything off of his Russian officer's jacket and wearing it around.
0: So if you're going to, we'll say, toss the barn, as it were, Mm -hmm. specifically in the floorboards, uh, you pull up and pry up three or four floorboards. It takes you quite a bit of time. It probably takes you a good half an hour. But it is not without merit. So beneath this barn is something rather stupendous. Beneath it, covered in strands of hay and grasses there is a beautiful black automobile ah well
5: that certainly beats a horse why would he leave this under a barn though i don't know how on earth are we going to get it out perhaps
4: he committed a crime in this thing
0: so to that end to that question professor you can see where there were boards that were lowered into the barn you can see the rub marks on those irregular portions where they put these boards, some of these boards, shorter boards down in here. So that way the car could be pushed or
5: driven down. Ah, look, there's some, uh, I, I do believe if we get some planks, we could, um, uh, put them in front and, uh, and drive it up. Hey, can you drive Maggie?
4: Oh, I've, I've driven a, a time or two in my, in my life.
5: Excellent. Um, well, shall we, uh, I, I'm going to, Richard just sort of starts flapping and, uh, moving boards
4: i will hop in the car.
0: Okay. So, uh, Miss Bellinger, why don't you give me a spot hidden roll again?
4: Okay. This is once again a three under 48.
0: Holy moly. All right. Um, so you, you hop in the driver's seat?
4: Mm-hmm. Yes.
0: Um, so it's very comfortable. The leather in here is very well appointed. Uh, you sort of squeak a little bit as you sit down in the leather seat. And you look around and see the gears and the, and the, the wheel and whatnot and Handles, levers, etc., and you realize that on the back seat, which is rather plush actually, there seem to be some holes in the upholstery, and then you notice another hole in where the back window is supposed to be.
4: Yes, Maggie is not shocked by this because there really is not a lot of reasons why a man would hide a car under a barn um, other than that it was used to commit a crime. Uh, But we'll be we'll be driving at night, so I'm sure no one will notice. Surely. I'll wait till like we get it out before I point it
0: out to Richard. Okay, so I'd like to know um, what's your drive auto, Maggie?
4: Maggie's drive auto is 40.
0: Well, I know. Give us a roll then.
4: I've driven the timer, too. It's a 29 under 40.
0: Mm, Fantastic. Uh, So, Richard, you have to bail out of the way. Because as soon as um, Miss Bellinger has this auto prepared and ready to go, she floors it and you go straight up out of the depths of this barn and you sort of stop just short enough of the big bales that are in the way and you're able to get it to break.
4: I say they're good, sir. Could you use a ride today?
5: I do believe I could.
0: (laughs) And Bishop will open the door and get in. Yeah, uh, you feel like a million pounds in this thing. This is um quite the the automobile. There's also something at your feet, Richard, like when you get in, you you step on something. Uh well, a case original. So have a look. There's a case there. It's a almost a small uh, valise
5: case. It's uh, no bigger than a bread box. Uh, Richard couldn't possibly imagine there would be anything unusual or wrong with it, so of course he'd open it. Certainly, you open it up and when you open it
0: up, You see that there there is... Oh, oh, boy. That's a rather large pistol. And there's a knife there as
5: well. That's a hunting knife. Ah, well, these may come in useful. I'm not uh, what I expected to see in uh, Anton's car, but um, yes, yes, these could come in useful.
4: I couldn't help but notice, Richard, how Anton has elected to decorate the back seat. No gesture
5: towards the holes ah yes he uh he's been busy for sure it does seem that way yes
4: Ah, uh, just remnants of a past life i'm sure
5: i i hope there's not remnants of anybody else in here but um yes yeah, quite
4: shall we show the others what we've found
5: ah if we must i guess we can't go alone can we to the uh the caves that wonder where on earth we are
4: I want Maggie to kind of drive up to the house and. Oh yeah! The horn.
5: Oh yeah! Yeah! yeah. No, uh-huh. you, you you can't
0: you can't you can't not do that.
4: Yeah, exactly.
0: And so those of you in the house hear an automobile approaching the house, which is a, a definitive noise for sure. Those the lights
1: quickly, the, the lights go out in the house.
4: Maggie, I get my, laughing. my revolver
1: <laughs> and stand um, stand by the window and and peer out through the window. Uh, Mr. Fraser, you see an auto appear
0: near the house. Like, it's headlight, lamps are on, and it's coming toward the house. Unfortunately, it's coming from the fields. You don't know why there is an automobile approaching the house from the fields. This is
1: highly irregular. I think the black shirts must be on to us. Simon, he armed. Somebody go and get Richard and, and Maggie. Uh, I'm armed, and uh,
3: the rifle's still out from uh, when I
0: assembled it for Maggie. Yeah, Ma- I mean, we have that in range. So, uh, Maggie, you're stopping in front of the house?
4: Yes, and honking.
0: Okay, yeah, the horn's on. All of you are hearing
1: that. What the hell are they doing? Well, perhaps we should go see. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sure they'll come out in a moment. Kind of watch this, this car. Is, that, is the engine still running? They're just sitting there with the lights. I'm just going outside. Your Your leadership, don't, don't, be careful. Don't. We don't know who it is. They might shoot first and ask questions later.
4: Maggie will shave in a haircut.
2: That kind of uh, repetitious horn blowing sounds very American to me, so off I go. I just march out the front door. Okay. Your leadership. It's the kind of rude thing I can only think of an American doing, so (laughs) I'm fairly convinced it's Maggie.
1: certain our American audience appreciates that.
0: Uh, so, Mr.
1: Fraser tries in vain to stop her from marching up through the front door. But I will be right behind her with my weapon in hand. Yeah, you try to
0: stop her and it, it, it does not work. <laughs> As all the other times you've experienced anything with Lady Elizabeth, when she wants something, wants to do something, you're simply just unprepared to stop her. Um, so you march out of the house, Lady Elizabeth, and um, you see an idling uh, automobile. Uh, behind it, uh, behind the wheel, rightly so, is one uh, Miss Margaret Bellinger. And uh, somehow she seems to have acquired an automobile.
2: Mr. Fraser, it's Miss Bellinger. It's quite fine. I told <sighs> you so.
1: I swear, see, Your Ladyship. But I, I mean, really, that, that was very... If you don't mind me saying so, that, that was very reckless of you. We, we didn't know who it was. It could have been anyone. is very not dangerous very, times.
2: Not very members of polite European society would be... Blasting the horn so late in the afternoon, right outside a house. I was quite certain, therefore, it was uh, Miss Bellinger.
1: I, well, if you say so, your ladyship. I, but, uh, I, well, I'm just glad everything turned out all right.
4: We found a vehicle. We can just drive to the caves now. Anton had it hidden under the barn. Uh. Oh, that's not ominous at all. No, what's ominous is the bullet holes in the back.
5: He does seem to have been busy.
2: Quite well. We can deal with the ramifications of that later. I think we have work to do.
4: Yes, and I figure if we're traveling by mostly after dark, we, uh, no one will even notice.
1: Let's have a look at what does the fuel gauge say. Have be we much petrol in it? I, I think it says fuel. Just kind of, Mister Fraser just looks at you, <laughs> and you yeah, and you you think for some reason of a small Peruvian bear.
0: It's, if you're going to do any sort of mechanical inspection on it, uh, I won't make you roll the gauges right there. It looks like it has about half a tank of petrol, given where the gauge sits at. But for those of you who have had any interaction, especially you, Miss Bellinger, have any interaction with automobiles, obviously with a drive auto of 40, you, you know, vehicles a lot better than probably most people here. Mm-hmm. This is an, this is an exceptional vehicle to find. And it's really out of place as to why you would find something like this. This is only maybe a year or two old at most. Um, it's, what make is it? It's a Fiat. Sorry. Okay. So just by looking at it, it's made by Fiat. Um, you might know, Miss Bellinger, that it has a straight six engine in it. So it's got a fairly powerful engine as far as of the day. And top speed could be something probably 70, maybe even 80 miles an hour.
4: Oh, don't worry. We'll find out. I'm sure you will. Maggie drives it like she stole it because we technically are stealing it. Oh, are you? Well, borrowing, I guess. I hope so. Unless something happens to it in which we cannot return it. In that case, it was more stealing than borrowing.
0: You now have a conveyance. It will comfortably seat a few people. So there is both a front seat and a back seat, which is nice. And it appears, anyway, that uh, there's a a top for the for weather, and you might even be able to stick some things, some items in the trunk in the back. But obviously, it, it would not be able to hold like everyone's uh, trunks and and uh, traveling items, but. It has enough of a trunk where you could put a, a, perhaps a picnic basket or a Thompson
5: submachine gun. On that note, Richard's going to um, look around the kitchen for a thermos flask. And he, if, if he can find one, he's going to make some nice tea for the journey.
0: If memory serves correctly, someone here got a thermos, didn't they? Yes, that's right. Uh, yep, yep, yep. Mr. Griffith has one. And I think even, uh, yeah, Mr. Fraser has one as well. They specifically inquired after them.
1: Well, you yeah, know, I think I, did I get one for Simon? Maybe not two. I can't remember.
0: I know there's at least one. And so you would have a vessel to transport such a warm
5: beverage in. In which case, Richard, um, I, I think we should pack for the journey. Um, we should take a little food and some tea. Ah, uh, do you have that thermos? Marvelous invention. You mean the vacuum flask? Yep. I have one. Uh, oh yes, yes. Um, uh, a vacuum flask, of course.
0: So, uh, Professor, that pistol that you found in the box is not anything like you've ever
5: seen before. Um, Simon, do you do you recognize this at all? It's um a gun of some description. Simon will look at it,
3: but he's not really familiar with Eastern Front w- makes. So,
0: well, there is one thing that separates this pistol from uh, a, f- a few of the normal pistols you've seen at least carried around here. Um, this is a magazine. Um, so this is a blowback operated semi-automatic pistol. And on the markings on it, you can see that it was designed by John Browning. And it was manufactured by, it's a Belgian, it looks like it's a Belgian gun. Players at home, it's an FN model 1910. And so it holds, depending upon the clip, which you seem to check as far as the magazine goes, this thing holds eight rounds. You'd also know that this is likely a gun that was developed and used a lot in Yugoslavia. So just from the look of it, Simon, you can tell that this gun has seen work before. It was also put away without being cleaned. It should be cleaned before it's used.
3: Um, It looks like it's a a piece that's seen service, but um, yeah, I'm going to have to break that down and clean it uh, before you can take it to the caves.
5: All right. Um, you don't
3: want it to misfire
5: on you, do you? I'm, I'm English. I've very little experience of these things. I thought most people... Point and shoot,
1: Mr. Cockney. <laughs> Point and shoot.
3: I, I would think most people of your generation were quite familiar with shooting across the pond.
5: Um, well, no, uh, not me personally, I'm afraid. Oh, Mr.
1: Cockney did not serve, uh, Simon. I believe you were undergoing a far greater task for the war effort at the time. Was that not so, Richard? A far more important, vital piece of uh, scientific work, was it not?
5: Uh, Yes, quite, quite. Aye.
0: You also found a... uh, a, What is effectively a hunting or a trench knife? Richard, hand that over as well. You're going to hand hand that over as well. So this one is a little bit... um, it's a little bit strange. There's actually some sort of... Um, some sort of a engraving that's been done on the the pommel the the base back end of this. Um, it's a symbol you're not familiar with, Simon. What does the symbol look like? And also, what is the balance on the piece? This is not made for any sort of rifle. This is a boot knife. Uh, this is something that likely either... An army officer or someone would would have used as a concealed weapon in their boot given the you know, given a, a tall, we'll say just a taller boot. The balance is exceptionally good. And this knife is thoroughly clean.
3: Thank you, Professor. I was needing a replacement.
0: This looks excellent.
1: I I hope it serves its purpose. Do any of the rest of us notice the engraving on the pommel?
0: Um, well, I mean, he's just given it to Simon. So, I, I would—I don't know if he's passing it around for people to play with or to look at. But if you are, that's fine.
5: I mean, Richard's just giving it to Simon. It's just a knife, and you know, it's not of any interest to him.
3: I mean, Simon's not hiding it. He is looking at the inscription, so anyone's welcome to look over his shoulder. So,
5: if you do, you can roll a cult.
1: What's that carved on there? Is that a initials or something? I'm not even going to bother rolling a cult. <laughs> I rolled a 64 over
0: 20, so I don't know what it is. Yeah, this probably is just some tomfoolery. Initials, I'm sure it's...
2: I mean, Am I close enough that I can see
0: it? Mm, I don't know how, how much... I mean, if you're paying attention to what's going on, sure. Uh, if not, then...
2: Well, I don't have anything else to do while I'm at the car waiting to leave. <laughs> so...
0: <laughs> you guys planning on leaving tonight, then?
2: Well, I thought that's what we were doing. That is a 16 on my occult. Under, much higher than that,
0: 67. Lady Elizabeth, you see Simon looking at this knife and he's sort of passing it around a little bit or at least see, making it visually available. He's not concealing it. Um, Mr. Fraser takes a look at it and sort of squints his eyes and says, hmm, what's, what's that? And then the symbol that you see on it, though is something that does mean something to you. This is a Slavic symbol. It. I'm going to mangle the pronunciation for Mr. Quartermain because he'll appreciate that. Um, this is Sventovit. And so your, if you remember correctly, which is the, the Slovak god of war, um, but he represents a connection between the waters of earth and the fires of heaven. Um, Which is a little strange for you. And the reason why this keys in on the strange part is, is that it's a symbol that is usually worn by women to protect them during pregnancy. And it can also be used by people who are going through a spiritual hardship or toil to offer them strength and perseverance. But you find it a little strange to find, to see it amongst Anton things. Obviously, It isn't likely that he's been pregnant that you know of, although stranger things, of course, have happened. But it does sort of perhaps speak to what you don't know about him. All of these things do now. And so when you start to play the mathematical add-up game, the what you don't know about him begins to grow immensely.
2: Well, that's very odd. I don't know why he has a symbol associated with a. Slavic war god. It's usually pregnancy, but having never met the man, there's not a whole lot I can say about that. Still, it is strange.
1: I think our Mister Anton has a uh, something of a past, your ladyship. A very curious character, to be sure.
5: Well, aren't we all? Oh, um, look, I, I I have a thought. Um, would it be wise to pack our belongings in the car. Take them with us
1: I don't think there's room for all of us, plus all our belongings, so uh, one of us
5: would have to stay behind, and maybe we could put them on the roof. I was thinking that um if our um, visit to the caves goes well, then um, I, we could I don't know drive to the next station it may be safe for them returning to uh Trieste I don't think that's a bad idea,
1: uh, professor, but um I'm not entirely sure that we, um, we can manage to fit everything onto the car. It m- might be easier if we uh, we leave our belongings here, perhaps, and then come back here after the caves.
4: Well, it does make a good point as well because we also have Paul, and I don't think that we could fit Paul. So yes, yeah, so Paul could stay and watch after our stuff, and then um, when we're done, we can swing back to pick everything up if we need to. He or knows. perhaps Paul could arrange for things to be delivered to a train.
0: Certainly. Takes a sip of tea. I'd be happy to.
1: Oh, splendid fellow. You know, I've yeah. been doing some baking in here. Oh, I thought I smelled something. Mm, yes. Uh, when
0: you're all ready, he turns back into the kitchen. Crumpet anyone? Back out with um, some <laughs> fruited meat. You've all got to be so terribly hungry, and you realize suddenly that you are.
2: <laughs> I'm, I'm, completely satiated after last night. I don't know about you, people.
1: Mister Fraser is getting increasingly worried about Lady Elizabeth. Her behavior is very odd.
0: But uh, yeah, Paul. Paul adds that uh, if you want to leave your stuff here, he can watch over it, and if you know uh, a rough idea when you might be ready to get back on the train, I can. Make sure that your uh, bags are ready for it.
4: Well, that would be a very nice, Paul. Um, I'm not sure when we'll be back, but...
1: Hmm. That's fair. I'm going to quickly consult the travel guide, um, uh, the timetable rather, to see how far it is to our next stop, to see whether driving there is um, a, a feasible option or whether we'd be better off just going
5: back into Trieste and jumping back on the train there. I think I think uh, that is not a bad idea. The next station is and let me pronounce this correctly. Pogloreal Compagna. Yeah, and the the
0: next stop you'd be getting off at though is
5: It's just less than an hour away, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but you have to read the schedule correctly. Oh, okay. Okay. So the next scheduled stop that you would have that the, the party would be likely stopping based upon Dr. Smith's notes would be
5: would be Zagreb, maybe? Could we not still hop on the train at one of these little stations? I mean, if it still stops there, we could yep, hop on certainly, and then certainly. Go, go to the Zagreb after that. But, yep, uh,
0: certainly you could. Yep, Zagreb, the, then Belgrade. Will we not be stopping off at Munich? Is that not No, it's a different line. Do you see how the lines change on the left hand side? It goes from Ah so everything yeah. gotcha. a and B goes all B to C there and then if if you're the C oh, line it jumps, it jumps all the way. Gotcha. That makes sense. Soon enough it'll be it'll be Constantinople. Soon enough. Alright then. So uh, Paul just asks, Are you uh, traveling out tonight then? To get an early jump or sleep this off, and then um, awaken in the morning early?
1: Well, I think hmm, if we are attending on catching the train at uh, one of the nearby stations, uh, either Trieste or the next station, that's that's going to be in, in the evening. So hmm, 20 miles, this car, roads won't be particularly great, I would... I wouldn't say it'd take much more than an hour to get to the caves from here. Maybe a little more, depending on how bad the roads are. what time is it now?
0: Oh, by now it's probably five.
1: Well, if we're wanting to uh, head into the caves after they've closed up for the day, uh, then now is probably as good a time as any to go. If we feel we're ready.
5: I, I think we should. I'm not keen on hanging around here any longer than we have to and they might find us.
1: And it is entirely possible that uh, somebody saw the lights of a car here and heard the horn being sounded repeatedly.
2: If that's the case, we should probably go, Mr Fraser, and not sit around talking about it.
1: I quite agree. I think I'm going to gather together um, what I would consider potentially useful um, items, blankets, if there's any first aid gear Mm -hmm. in the house... And uh, any lanterns, spare lanterns? Yeah, actually, interestingly enough,
0: when Simon was making his way about the house looking for some sort of uh, map, you would notice, Mr. Fraser, that he had uncovered uh, an entire closet full of all sorts of interesting outdoorsman gear. And so there would be everything from outdoor blankets to a couple of extra lanterns, and an entire um, box which has cooking supplies, a like camp supplies. And so plates and um, two, two, two or three plates. And then it looks like a, a kettle made for a campfire.
1: I'm not sure that we'd be needing that kind of thing, but definitely the other. Is there a 10-foot pole anywhere? Certainly. There are probably a few poles. It might be useful some implements like a, a hatchet um uh, something like that a crowbar would probably be quite useful I would say that there is an assortment of outdoorsman
0: gear which will will have the following so you'll might you'll might want to write it down you'll have We'll have th- three poles, each about ten feet long that you could s- sort of pull out from the house. There'll be a hatchet, there will be a saw, and you'll get a small pickaxe. And then um, fire starting tools, shovel, a shovel. And then the last thing that you'll find amongst those things would be, they they're, appear to be in this same area and same space. There appear to be jars and they have what look like rations in them. So some type of, um, well, you'd be fairly familiar with <laughs> rationing, rationed food. Uh, from the war. This looks very similar to what you saw in France.
1: All right, bully beef, some dry rations, that kind of thing. Um, is there any rope anywhere? Oh uh, Yeah, yes, you do find some
5: rope. That's about it. This definitely looks like the back of a basic D&D character sheet right now. It really does.
0: All right, so if you're going to load up the car, you've got enough rope to rope things to it if you need, because obviously the poles will not fit uh, in the small little trunk area you can fit most of that stuff that you want to take in the in the trunk area but there are there is a box that you could sort of take with to keep most of that stuff together and you would just strap that and the poles to the the car and it will be a we'll just say cozy ride for the the group of you but from from all you've seen of the the auto at this point mr fraser the, it seems to be in fairly good shape
1: excellent um Mr Fraser will suggest that he Takes the um, passenger seat at the front, riding shotgun, so to speak. Unless Simon would care to do so, and then he climbs in and sits down.
3: Simon is going to let uh, Fraser take the front seat. He's going to sit in back with the Thompson across his lap,
1: underneath a blanket. Simon f- seems more of a running board kind of a guy to me. He does. He does. Tend to agree with you.
0: Um, and there are there are running boards on this. And so if it if that had to be utilized you you would have to sort of hang on to um the top as best you could. wouldn't be impossible. any last requests before you um take leave of the house? Paul does make sure that the um that there are some there's some fresh bread to to go along with whatever you're bringing
4: I'm assuming Lady Elizabeth is also in the back seat. And then is Richard sitting in the middle in the back or in the middle in the front?
0: I think he has to sit in the middle in the front. That's really the only space for him, yeah.
4: Fraser
2: can't sit in the back, so he's up front, which means it's Lady Ian Giles, or Simon in the back.
1: There's probably two seats at the front with with the handbrake of the gear stick in between them.
4: It looks like a bench seat.
1: It is bench,
0: front, bench, back. It's a bench seat, is it? Yeah, okay. So, so... Um Professor Courtney is is the, is the monkey in the middle, as we would say locally here in the U.S. And then um, that'll be uh, <laughs> Fraser beside him to chaperone, I guess. I don't know.
2: Well, it would ha- be highly inappropriate for Fraser to ride in the back of the vehicle, especially if her ladyship's in the back. So he has to sit up front.
5: He does. It's a law. Absolutely. So hopefully Maggie's used to the gear stick being at the front. It will
0: be quite comfortable inside that vehicle.
4: looks like it, yeah.
0: Yeah, the gear lever there is actually on the floor. On the... (laughs) It's it's a big stick that comes up from the floor.
4: So I have to reach between Richard's legs.
0: She will be reaching essentially into your lap to change gear. Excellent. Which we'll be happy to uh, get to at some point in the future. On that note, um, I'm going to call this episode to a close. Uh, So thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Horror on the Orient Express. We, We... Greatly thank you for your listening ears. Uh, When we rejoin our Horror on the Orient Express crew, they will be blazing a trail to a series of caves, which they hope to investigate. Thank you and good night.